0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Talk post Podcast uh, hosted by myself and uh, Max Anthony FBA. Uh, today, we welcome Saul at Saul Sell Stuff um, onto the pod. Saul is the co owner of the Buy Box. He is a very experienced seller, offering a unique perspective to our audience. Uh, today, we will explore in depth his experience with Amazon to Amazon flips and dive into the, the unique perspective he has on the Amazon ecosystem as a whole. Um, so Saul, thank you for joining. We're happy to have you. Yeah. Happy to be here. It's,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, people don't know, like, this is like my first time meeting Max and Pete and I literally just met the other day. So it was, uh, it was really cool to get your DM and just kind of make it happen really quickly.
0: Yeah. Um, so I know that a goal of yours for 2024 is to, you know, be on more podcasts and, and share more of, you know, of your perspective. Do you want to, um, walk us through kind of your Amazon journey, um, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll go from there.
1: Yeah. Sure. I'll, I'll try to do the cliff notes. Yeah, I don't want okay. to bore anyone. Um, so I've been selling since very early 2017. So it's going to be pretty close to, I mean, what is that? That's three. It may, it'll be yeah, seven, eight years um, here shortly. I'm just coming up on eight. Um, I started when I was 23, 22, 23 years old. And I, at the time, was working. So I hadn't finished college um i had essentially done most of school but like stopped because i need to go get a full-time job uh because my mom was like hey maybe you should leave the house and so i uh, <laughs> i got a full-time job i was like hustling there i worked my way up to middle management if you will so i had a cubicle ish thing i had my own office but it wasn't like glamorous i had about a staff of 25 and i was managing a local health fitness center right so like think of like an la fitness but primarily for uh, people that have some kind of medical condition. So we partnered with hospitals. So we had people that were, you know, had cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, like things like that. Um, So it was a little, a little ritzier, but you know, it came with some challenges and I needed an out. Uh, I had a girlfriend at the time and i was doing 50 60 hours a week i was like leaving work and taking work home with me and we were open 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day and it was my job to make sure someone was there so like as you can imagine if someone called out at 4:30 in the morning like that was me oh, no. Um, <laughs> and i i started to get like like triggered by phone calls and text messages early morning <laughs> uh, cuz it was like freaking me out and uh, i distinctly remember the first apartment we ever moved into as you're unpacking my like person that opened three days a week called me and quit uh and it was just like one of those like you sit on the floor and you're like i I just don't want to do this life anymore and so i read a bunch of blogs it's actually the online selling experiment i don't know if you know um know him he's like an og in the space and he was the one that like kind of put arbitrage to me on the map he got like interviewed by cnn and he was like doing the walmart flips but this was 10 years ago and like it was a it was a big deal Uh, and he has a great blog still active and I just started, I watched a bunch of other pods. I started the same way everyone does it. I started with books. Like yep. that's just like the easiest way in. Uh, uh-huh. So I was, I was thrifting, doing uh, books on Amazon. I was doing used clothes on eBay. Um, I had the whole setup. I, you know, at one point had like my mom helped me take pictures. Like I was just trying to do whatever worked, uh, for books. I ended up doing some level of Gaylords, which if you don't know what a Gaylord did is like giant, giant boxes filled with usually unpicked books which are kind of a pain in the butt, but you can get pretty cheap. Yep. Um, And that led me to retail arbitrage. That led me to online arbitrage. That led me to HSY. And so uh, I did that and worked full time for like a year, year and a half. I ended up quitting my job because I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, I have to commit. I don't have responsibilities. I had $1,300 a month in rent. I had like I was still young enough where I was on my parents health insurance. Like everything was sure. just like, I can take this risk. Yep. Um, that's something else we'll talk about later i i think i think it was a good risk to take it didn't work out for me and i could talk about the reasons why yep. uh, but that was when i was really faced with like time management issues with capital issues um those kind of things and so i'll speed this trajectory up a little bit so anyway uh that was like 2018 2019 um because i had kind of failed at being full-time i got a side job as a sales like selling essentially i was selling for commission Um, And still doing Amazon. And that's when we, uh, we were doing okay. Like I think it was like mid six figures in 2019. It was like good enough where it was like, okay, we can do something here, but not good enough where I can live and like propose, have a wedding, buy a house. Like that was not going to happen with my income. Um, And so I just kept doing the commission thing. We started teaching friends and family who also wanted to do like a side hustle. And that really opened the door to like, this is enjoyable, like making content and talking about this and, and teaching. And that was 2019. Um, and then 2020, uh, we kind of started like a pseudo group um, inside another big reselling group on Discord, um, just like help their members. And I, at that point in time, um, because of Amazon, because I had been selling and knowing and, and doing e-commerce, I got introduced to other people in the e-commerce space like the network effect, just when you tell people what you do, like don't shy. I mean, don't shy away from it. Like tell them, like, hey, yeah. I sell online. I sell on Amazon. There was someone that had started a Shopify business. They were doing like three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year, and wow. they wanted to get into Amazon. They won, and I was like, I will help you yes. for free. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. sometimes you just have to say yes to things you have no idea what you're doing yeah. um, because it forces you to learn. And I had never done brand management at that point. I had never done um, registering a brand on Amazon and, and managing, but I said, sure. Uh, and that actually turned into probably one of the best yeses of my life because fast forward four years, um, I'm now co-owner of that brand. Um, and I worked for two or three months for free. I worked for a year for like, okay-ish money. And then ultimately she brought me on as a co-founder, gave me a bunch of equity and like gave awesome. me, you know, now that company, and when I were doing seven figures, and that allows me to like pay the mortgage right. um, and then that, you know, it's like cheat code. If you can do like something else and Amazon at the same time, because yep. Amazon, like you just don't need to take profit from it and it's like an endless scaling machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then 2021 uh, we started the buy box and that was kind of like, you had two years of, of teaching people how to do Amazon and this other group. We wanted to launch ourselves. Uh, it, was super successful to be. I mean, we had like 600, 700 members that like first two months. Wow. Um, and, you know, we haven't really turned, you know, we haven't gone back since. I, I think, for me, um, the buy box is, uh, first and foremost, a support server and that's what it always will be. Um, I kicked myself a little bit because I think we were, we were one of the very first to like do this on Discord, do this on Twitter, yep. and I would love like perfect word. I love to be have a little bit more of a presence, like people to know a little bit more about us. But that just comes down to like, the marketing, Like I don't, I don't talk about it a whole lot. I didn't right. really take Twitter seriously until 2023. Um, it just is not in my in my bones. Uh, so you know, we exist, and we're happy with that. Could we be bigger? Absolutely. But we're still to this day, focused on being a support server we're trying to bridge the gap between seller support, and you as a seller. Giving you a bunch of content, videos, and things to make it easier. Um, and in the process, I've built some really cool tools so we can get into like A2A a is a big factor of what I do. Uh, so we've taken most of the money that we've made from membership in the buy box from day one and invested in in SaaS and tools. Um, I think to date, you know, over $100,000 invested in these wow. developers and into these products. Uh, and selfishly, a lot of it is because like I wanted to build it for me. Yep. <laughs> and then we just we gave it we just put it in there for anyone to use Right. Um, and that's been it's been really fun and I think being on Twitter more recently in the last 7-8 months has like put gas to that fire because yep. I get to meet cool guys like you and get to see what's going on and, and it's it's nice when you get to hear from 500-600 people their problems but it's nicer when you get to hear from 3-4000 or 4,000 people right. and the more you understand the issues the more you can help fix them and that's like ultimately at the end of the day what we're trying to do um Fair. so yeah as of today still still selling on amazon uh have sold as i said every year since still co-own the shopify business still do the buy locks, uh have a couple other things like storefront Stocker pro and other tools that we've launched but it's a, it's a journey man and oh, i
0: yeah
1: i'm I'm happy to be at it um and i'm happy to set goals for myself and like box myself in but like i my goals have changed in the last seven years. Like I don't want Amazon to be ten million dollars a year just with Amazon. Um mm-hmm. it was massively stressful when I rely <laughs> just on Amazon for my income. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't want I really don't yeah. want to go back to that. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that was that was a lot, but that was like kind of even like a slightly abridged version of me and where I am. So I'm thirty I'm about to be thirty one years old now. Okay. And uh I have no intention of stopping Amazon ever. Um cause it's fun, but, yeah. uh, I'm definitely going to do other things too, to try to stack the odds in my favor that I get to retire a little bit earlier.
0: Right. Right. I mean, absolutely. Like a ton to unpack there. You, it's been a full journey of, you know, maybe struggling at the very beginning, um, taking on a, a decent amount of risk, but at the right time in the right situation. Um, so I'm curious your perspective on being a seasoned seller. Um, where do you see, you know, folks maybe not gauging that risk appropriately? And where do you think that there are opportunities to kind of, you know, put the caution sign up on some, uh, you know, avenues for some? Uh, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if I can take anything from my story, number one, I I think these, the people that we are seeing most active on social media, like those are like, the people that are going to be most active are usually the ones that are going to be like, Doing something aggressive like a hundred thousand dollars months and like these big numbers and those are wonderful. Uh, there is a massive pool of people that lurk that are like somewhere in like the thousand to twenty thousand range, right? Like they're like sure. figuring it out. Um, and I mainly, I guess, I would talk to them first than the bigger guys. I think going backwards to me, I you know, the longer you can keep your money in the business, the easier it will be for you to grow. Uh, and I think one of the very first you know, things I did wrong was start taking profit too early. Now I, I know like I, we all want to get paid and we have bills to pay. And if you started Amazon with the intent of like paying your $300 a month car bill or like paying your student loans, then certainly you should take that money out and do that. But then understand that you're not going to grow as quickly as you might want to in other ways. Um, and so when I went full time, you know, I think There's a realization of, okay, I have $2,000 a month in personal debt that I need to pay each month. That's $2,000 less than I get to then invest in new inventory. So, realistically, in order for me to grow, I need to be profiting $5,000 a month just so I can take $3,000 of that and actually invest it. Now, if you're only profiting $2,500, you're stagnant at that point. Like, you will not grow. Um, And the bigger your debt, like the bigger your debt is, like the nicer the car, the bigger the house, the more you end up having to profit just to break even on like what you're actively doing and that that is a terrifying thing to like actually experience firsthand um especially you know if your account gets shut down or something happens so Mm -hmm. i think for me it's number one obviously understand your numbers like no i i try to use like the double rule and i think a lot of us do like if you're going to think about going full-time on amazon i would want you to at least be making twice as much as your monthly debt like whatever it is that you feel hundred percent you have to pay each month food gas all that you should be profiting double that right and then you're like okay i'm kind of in a position where going full-time makes sense um looking forward your debt today is not the debt tomorrow so you know at 23 years old i had very different debt that i had at 25 and so I, you know, you might be in a situation where you live at home and you don't have to pay health insurance and you don't, you have a beater car and like you can go all in and that's amazing. But fast forward to like when you can't live at home anymore and when you have to pay $600 a month in health insurance and when you have, you like, potentially student debt comes back in or you want to rent something or you want to propose, um, there is like, figure out what that is going to look like and understand that you're going to have to like increase your profits to meet that. Um, And if you don't, you're quickly going to find that you have less money to actually invest into the business and like scale it where you want to be. And so it it seems like a lot of doom and gloom. It isn't. It's just, I don't want people to wake up and realize they're underwater because that is a terrible feeling. Um, And it's a trap when you like realize that your debt is going to outweigh your profit. And the only way to get out of that is to take on more debt. And (laughs) that is horrible.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, I, I don't think that um, I felt more freedom than when I just offloaded a car. Like I I just sold it, didn't have Mm -hmm. the payment, didn't have the insurance. We went down to one car for our family and it's an amazing feeling because you don't, you just, there's less pressure. You can go focus on other things. Um,
1: Just wait, wait till I uh, have no mortgage. I'm a dangerous man.
0: Yes. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But And I think for maybe more directed at like the younger audience, um, it's very easy to understand the circumstances that you're currently in, but you don't know what's going to happen in the next three to four years of your life, because those are formative years that are going to change how you view life. So just being aware of that is super important. I think. I think too,
2: like the younger generation, I guess COVID was definitely kind of a, uh, event in life but i mean i was just old enough to kind of remember 2008 and so i just remember on the news and people seeing people around me like you know people i knew things being lost and just overall big big downturn and quality of life for a lot of people and so i kind of like uh scarred me early on and so i'm always i guess i'm maybe in not protective mode but I'm not thinking about buying a flashy car or, you know, something that is just a depreciating asset, you know. I'm more focused on building longevity and building that moat so I don't ever have to worry about anything again and building out, you know, different uh, you know, exposures so that, you know, if something goes wrong here, okay, well I have this and, you know, diversifying my uh, portfolio. So, yeah, I, I think some of the new kids, they get, you know, their first 10, 20k month profit and they're like, "Oh man, I'm rich. And it's like, well, hold on. It'll go, go fast. fast. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, pipe the brakes a little
0: bit. <laughs> it's so, a good yeah. start. It's a hell yeah. of a start. Wow. No, it's,
1: Absolutely. it's a great start. I mean, I, I kind of a equivalent to like, if you're making $10,000 profit a month on Amazon, it's about 60 grand salary. Like That's it's awesome. kind of like you going out and getting a, like a job in like the 55, $60,000 range, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, especially if you're 21, 20 years old. Um, but, I think what they see is $120,000 a year, a
0: hundred percent. And like,
1: yeah. that's, yeah, If it, that's fine. If you didn't want to do anything else with your business and obviously you have taxes and there's other things on top of that. Um, and that's what's scary. I think that it does scare me for them. Um, and I don't want anyone to hear this and be like, oh man, this guy is, we're like, these guys are against me, me like chat going up there to the moon and like, how did it yeah, like, and we're not, I think no. it's just like kind of learn, from the mistakes of others ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And understand that if you want to get to $50,000 months or $100,000 profit months, is going to take in reinvesting essentially all of that. Yep. And so I was at the beginning, I made the mistake of when I had a really good sourcing day. And so I'm okay with some people do this. But this is for me, I felt it was a mistake. When I had a really good sourcing day, I would get Chipotle, I would get something like mm. I would eat out, I'll get <laughs> Starbucks, I'll be yeah. like, I earned this, I deserve this yep. $8 meal back then, it was $8 yeah, or $7. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I I deserve this this meal. And um, the reality is, like, I had a switch where I was like, that's not my money. That's my business's money. Yeah. Like, I don't, that $8 doesn't belong to me. Um, and once I did that, it felt way easier to, like, not get those things. Because my business, my business is profitable. My business is doing great. But my business pays me. And maybe I I don't make nearly as much as my business does. And that's the goal. Yeah. Um, and so once you kind of, like, get your head around to that, you start living to, you know, to get a business where you want it to be. But you have to worry about, like, how much you're getting paid from that is how much you can actually use. You don't – that money's not yours. That money right. belongs somewhere else. It needs to be leveraged elsewhere.
0: A hundred percent. And I think at a bare minimum, you should go through a full cycle. Like, go through tax season. Under, like, mm-hmm. go through the accountant and have them tell you what is going on, because especially in OA, there's a lot of moving pieces. You may not understand that you have a ton of leakage. You may not understand, uh, you know, that you know, maybe you didn't decipher the calculator properly. You didn't, under- you didn't factor in return. So let them te- like, teach you and go through that process. And then you'll be able to make a better, you know, a more like responsible decision about For sure. the next, you know, what do the next couple of years look like. For
1: you yeah and a full cycle of selling too i mean it's yeah. it's tough when someone starts in september and quits their job in february and i'm like well that's that's great you just had like the best five months of your selling career which are gonna happen every year but let's talk about the next six months that are going to be a little bit slower mm-hmm. and are you prepared for that now right um and maybe you are and maybe this is going to work out for you and i always say like in the buy box, like it's not my job to make decisions for you right but it's my job to teach you the like potential issues of the decision that you're making. Like, I want to walk you through both options so you fully understand them, and then you can go make whatever decision you want. But I don't want to sit here thinking like, I led you the wrong way, or that you didn't have everything you needed to to make that calculated risk. Um, so by all means, like, I will be your biggest cheerleader if you decide to go full-time after five months, mm-hmm. as long as you understand what you're actually saying yes to.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and it, especially if you start like right before q4 and then you just you rip from the beginning that's yep. a high that most people are gonna you know kind of expect or, or hope repeats um but not gonna repeat for the next you know nine months right
1: it'll be harder it's gonna take yeah. a lot more effort and you know right. figuring it out how to get there okay. um you know covid did that too right i mean oh yeah <laughs> that was like people had those that year and a half or two years of covid money and it was, was like boring. oh i can I'm going to make a hundred million. And then, you know, (laughs) things come back to earth. Like everything always regresses to the mean at some point, you just got to ride that as long as you can and stash it, stash it. Um, you know, I never want to rely on one source of income personally. I was, it's terrifying to, for me and my upbringing in my life. Um, you know, I've seen that firsthand with my parents and so, yeah, so that's like Amazon is a cash cow and you should leverage it till the end. But ideally, Either build a sell, a sellable business on Amazon, a private label, wholesale, something, or take your earnings from OARA RA, et cetera, and invest them elsewhere so you don't have to rely on just that one
0: thing. I, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I um, I see that a lot in my nine-to-five. So I see the conversations that folks are willing to have because that's their one source of income, right? And so they're strapped to it. So they maybe won't speak up for themselves, so they, you know, they'll, sure. they'll, they'll take on uh, additional responsibilities, whatever the case may be. And uh, I, I kind of feel for them and I, I look at, you know, I, I would say that I probably have been more outspoken since finding some success and also gathering some skills from the Amazon space a little, you know, that that's helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they're, you know, not having more than one income source is... A terrifying way to live, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Some people do it, and I respect them for it. But it, it's hard. You have all your eggs in one basket.
1: It is. It is very tough. It's. Yeah, you can't take risks. To your point, at right. work, you yep. can't. You have to be afraid a little bit. Yeah. Of it ending for whatever reason, and sometimes it's out of your control. Sometimes the company just goes belly up, or mm-hmm. layoffs occur. Um. So that's yeah. It's Risk. it's a great if people listening to this. <laughs> are crushing it but they're just crushing it through one source i highly recommend starting to at least consider diversifying a little bit
2: what was what was the moment where you kind of knew like was it did you wait for that double income that you knew okay i'm making twice as much i am at my job good to go see you and i quit or was it kind of like a moment or a series of moments or kind of how did that transition go about
1: yeah i mean it was it was and this is why i try to teach from my decisions i think um I wasn't, I wasn't thinking the right way at the time, right? I wasn't, I, no one, I didn't have, I'm sure there were people in my corner saying similar things, what I'm saying now, but I I either didn't listen to them or I wasn't paying enough attention. Um, And I, it was an emotional decision because I just, I was burnt out. I was getting to the end of my rope at my, whatever, my, my five to 10. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, And I thought, this is the Like I, I was like, okay, if I'm doing X dollars part time, I can double this full time. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no way that I can't do that. Right. And there was a way that I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <It>
0: turns out. <laughs>
1: uh, and again, like, I, this is very much, you know, it's situational. Like, I think if I was a different human at the time, maybe I could have. Um, I think there is this feeling when you have multiple jobs and multiple responsibilities, when you, you're goldfish, right? Like you fill the time you have. And so if you only have two hours to source a day, you will, you will find things in those two hours. You have 10 hours. You might find the same things you found in two hours because you will fill your time. That's what humans do. We fill the time that we have. And I did not get around time management correctly. I didn't, I didn't create good strategy and schedule for me to follow. And things got away from me. Um, and again, at the time it was like, I have these sources that were crushing and then two months later they stopped and I wasn't prepared to like find new ones mm-hmm. as quickly. And so then I had to start dipping into savings. I had to start dipping into debt and then I had interest payments mm-hmm. and then it was just a revolving cycle of like getting behind yep. or like having to constantly spend more than I actually had. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I, smart Saul would have stayed at the job.
0: Yep.
1: Um, and again, I think there are people that would have, they could leave and do it. Uh, but I I think there's more people that leave and, and can't. And so I just try to like share my journey of, yeah, I call it a failure, right? Like, I, I think I learned a lot. So it wasn't a true failure in, in the, yep. the truest sense. But I didn't, I couldn't manage it full time more than a year and a half at 23 years old. I just, it just didn't work for me. Yep. And I was letting, you know, m- my girlfriend down. I just, I felt bad. I felt guilty every day.
2: Yeah. Um, tough. That's so. Like- Go ahead, (laughs) Max. Yeah. What are you saying?
0: Oh, so I'm curious. You you said that you really struggle with time management. What has changed to allow you to better manage your time? Are there you know best practices? How are you doing that better than you were?
1: Um, I I think I've given in and embraced calendars. Oh no! (laughs) Yes. um i i used to hate the word plan man is the worst four-letter word in the in the dictionary um and so i you know i have to now. you're kind of forced into it when you have multiple things you have to do and google calendar i love that like that's kind of my first like true north uh of what i have to do each and every day at the minimum and then i you know be honest i'm still i'm still figuring out the best way for me to manage daily tasks i've tried a number of things i really like asana I use that for a bunch and I really like that. I'm, I'm currently using Notion a lot, um, but there was something about pen and paper also that's just like really <laughs> rewarding. Yep. Uh, and that's so true. there's, it's like Rocket Notebook, I think, or something that like I've been toying with getting that. Like, it's kind of like you write it down, but you take a picture of it and it goes into like an app. So it's like digital end oh, cool. and not. So I, you know, it's it's a balance. I think what I try to do though now is at least have a a manageable to-do list that I write at the end of every day. So at nighttime, I'm writing my to-do list for the morning or for the next day. Mm-hmm. And you got to be kind to yourself though. Like if you give yourself too many things to do, you will ultimately not do all of them. And then that doesn't feel good. No. And so you, you only write on there what you absolutely have to do. And then you can add things to it later, but I don't want to see a list of 20 things because I, I don't have 20 things to do. I might feel like I do, but I don't. I have five things to do. Like there are five like must-haves, um, and then yeah, my, my calendar. I you know I live to it, um, but I've I uh, I put a lot of effort into my my work-life balance because I I've burnt out. I, I know I burn out as a human, and I as I'm about to be thirty-one years old. I have a wife now. I have two dogs. I you know I make sure that I have time for them. So like that is a non-negotiable for me. So like Mm -hmm. I have dinner every night for the most part with my wife, you know, there's things like this that pop up. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, there's, you know, (laughs) there are things like this, but for the most part, like, you know, five out of seven days I'll have dinner with them. I see my in-laws a lot. They're pretty close. Like I, you know, play with the dogs every morning. They're like, those are things that I need as a human to like not want to just curl up in the corner. Um, so it's, you know, it's a balance. I think at the end of the day, you gotta be kind. You gotta like understand that things are going to change. And what day works today won't necessarily work tomorrow.
2: Speaking yep. to the uh, work-life balance, I think one thing I've definitely struggled with um, is I think when you're growing a business, there's technically always something that you could be doing, right? <laughs> you <laughs> can always do more. I could be sourcing. Always. Yeah. You feel more. guilty, too. Yeah. Right. How have you kind of like, do you have to like set a timer or do you just have a set time? Like you were talking about like, hey, I don't care. Of course, there's things to do, but I need to pause that and realize that this is okay for me not to be productive right now i need to yeah. reset and because I, I feel guilty not doing oh, it. oh
1: i i get it i get it um God. the guilt is overwhelming um so when i used to work full time there was i would stress out all the time i was like anxious i would pace i would I was aggressive pacer and <laughs> um my, this this she was like 63 she was two years away from retirement one day she just had to sit me down she was like listen if you don't do some of these things no one's gonna die and for some reason that like really hit me because she said I was like this is not life or death my business obviously needs to live but like nothing I'm gonna do or not do is gonna result in someone's like peril or like terrible things happening Um, so that was part one part two uh, uh, back to your point I think it's you have to like make the conscious decision that doing non-business things is productive
0: yes Yes.
1: (laughs) and so like you know we talked about reading a little bit before the podcast started um you know i don't obviously you know your social life or things but like making time for yourself or like time for things that you know will recharge you or feel good or like mentally stimulate you make you smarter make you think um those are just as productive as sitting here and sourcing and looking at your computer and then number three i think it's like totally getting rid of the idea of fomo um i think that also played me it's like Yes, you could sit down and source for 24 hours a day and buy things. But I guarantee you there will be more things to buy tomorrow. Like there's nothing that can't wait. And there was always endless opportunity. So just because you didn't do it today doesn't mean you can't do it tomorrow. And uh, I am not perfect in this regard either. Though, Like I do feel guilty sometimes. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, I just try, I do really hard to try to focus on the present and the now and the this and saying so, like if i'm sitting next to my wife like be present with her yeah. i'm here with her like she she is the priority at this moment um and i have found that i'm more creative and i'm like a better thinker when i give myself the space not at the computer or not sitting uh to just yeah. like ruminate and just kind of be alone with my thoughts or like
0: doing other things yep yeah i, I 100% agree with that like i've re- very recently after going through Q4, I looked awful. Um, so, I didn't notice. I know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> no, I know. Mean, it, was, it was not a good look in Q4. It was, you know, because you're balancing the nine to five. You're balancing your relationship. You're balancing, you know, did a lot of FBM. Um, so really took a look in the mirror and said, we need to like spend hour and a half a day at the gym, you know, focusing on that to create that headspace so we could be more creative. And then work on higher leverage ideas rather than mm. just you know nose down all day. Um, so that, it's been a it's been a big shift, and it, you do feel some of that FOMO. Like you said, I think that's a really good point. Something that people struggle with. Um, but
1: no, I still do. Like I'm like, hey, I could have probably bought a bunch of A2As, but I missed out. Yeah. I, I bet you there's things we could buy right now. We're having this conversation. Guarantee <laughs> so, so you. So, so. Guarantee you there are things that we're missing out uh, yep. that are going out of stock as we're talking,
0: 100%. but the reality
1: is like, there will be better things tomorrow. So we yep. you know, it is what it is. Like we'll be fine.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, that kind of leads in to, I think something that uh, is, there's kind of some mystery in the community. People are afraid of it and you're really good at it, which would be Amazon to Amazon flips. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you found that? um, and how you navigate that currently, uh, maybe touching a little bit on, uh, you know, the terms of service in there, um, trying to explain of how to navigate it.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, so just as like, we'll go, uh, kind of as a nutshell, what A2A is right. A2A is in essence buying from Amazon is just selling right back on Amazon. It sounds ridiculous um when you like break it down like that but there are so many reasons and opportunities why amazon might drop price on something and you might have an arbitrage opportunity just within the platform itself uh a2a is within tos if you follow literally one rule uh which is no prime shipping like do not leverage any prime benefits to make any money technically also against the rule to leverage prime benefits for ebay and for other marketplaces like you cannot technically leverage prime for any reselling purposes but amazon's like they're going to catch you selling on ebay probably not like it's really hard yeah. but they will certainly potentially catch you if you do a2a uh, because and what it comes down to is invoices right so it's unlikely they'll like connect the dots between oh you bought this thing here and sold it on amazon on their own but all it takes is like you doing an a2a with prime shipping and then having one authentic complaint one used like sold as new right. like all these issues that you have to provide an invoice for and either you don't provide invoice because you're like, oh crap, I don't want them to know. And then you get dinged or you provide an invoice and on the invoice it clearly says, yeah, premium shipping, prime shipping, whatever it is. <laughs> sure. And you're like, ah oh, crap, I got caught that way too. So I, it's just like not worth your signing account. There are definitely tons of people that do it. It's like very obvious. You can see on yeah. listings things who's doing it and who isn't. And there are people in my DMs who like argue with me about it. Um, and they're like, I've been doing it for two years and like it's been fine. I'm like, listen, this goes back to what I said earlier. Like you're allowed to do it. If you want to, I'm just explaining the risk to you. Like right. I just, we say it in the buy box too. I'm like, listen, if you get banned or suspended for doing something that I told you was against the rules, I will feel bad, but I can't help you. Like, I, I've right. told you the, the potential here. And like, if you clearly break the rules, it's like very difficult to come back from that. Right. Um, so yeah, as long as you're not using prime, you're fine. Everything else should be the same your buying account. So we recommend two different buying accounts, one personal, in one business. Okay. Uh, and the reason is, you know, business you can do tax-free, which is really great. Um, so all your A2A flips, regardless of what state you live in, could be tax-free. Yep. But lately, in the last year or so, Amazon has been reducing the amount of products business accounts can purchase. So mm-hmm. there are some ASINs that as a business account you actually can't even purchase at all. Um, and there are some quantity differences, which is interesting, like the same product between personal business. Sometimes you can buy more in one account versus the other. And so it's just nice to have both Um, as long as you don't buy the same thing on both, you cannot use both to get around quantity limits, right? So sometimes Amazon will limit you and be like, you can only buy three, just buy three, don't make 10 accounts buy 30. Um, But your account should match you. It should be your name, your address. Like it's essentially the same stuff that you would do at a retailer. Like you want to create a paper trail that you can then link that purchase back to you in case Amazon asks. Okay.
2: Um,
1: I, discovered it. I mean, discovered it. I mean, I didn't discover it, but like I found it through my own way uh, early on, like probably in that 2019, 2018 range through Kiba. Um And I actually like tweeted recently, like what's the exact strategy that I used to do every day on uh, Keepa to find these deals. And I loved it because it's kind of addicting. Right? Like I think we all like reselling. We like the treasure hunt, especially yeah. if you've ever thrifted. You're like, what am I going to find today? Even going into a retailer but what's annoying about the treasure hunt is that you either have to like drive around store to store or you have to like manually search through all these deals. And I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if like one site, just like every possible price <laughs> error. And it just like randomly generated. Like I, I used to play a ton of RuneScape okay. as a kid. Uh, and like got these like online games and we all love merching. Like, we all love like, the idea of like sitting in the auction house and like trying to snipe the lowest yep. thing. And that's kind of way to it is right. Like, You don't have to go anywhere. You sit on one site, you can refresh one screen, and you can just wait for things to drop in price and buy them. Uh, So a little bit like a video game. Um, The scale comes into problem, and we can talk about that. But uh, yeah, in essence, you're waiting for either a couple of things to happen. You're waiting for a product that's normally out of stock. So these are hype products. We kind of all wear, all sell them. It could be as simple as a PS5 when that happened. But a product that Amazon just can't keep in stock and because they can't keep in stock at retail, resale price is like two or three X. And it's just been like very flat. So let's say we take a $10 product, normally sells for $30. We're just waiting for Amazon to like get more stock of that. And mm-hmm. when the stock is stock at $10, we're going to buy them out. Number two is Amazon will occasionally have too much of something in one particular place. So we actually interviewed a uh, manager at Amazon, a fulfillment center manager, and he like confirmed this where it's like, you know, sometimes if there is too much stock at one fulfillment center instead of yeah. transferring it to other centers they'll just drop the price it's just true. to ship it out of that center yeah. uh and so occasionally you'll see that where it's like something's 100 bucks and now it's 20 and you're like that's crazy but i've got to buy it and you know we're banking on the fact that it's going to go back up to retail and there's like a lot of strategy behind that um and then the third one is price matching which is huge amazon probably has the best software in the world for finding other retailers' prices. Uh, I wish we all had access to it. So like, they are actively scouring the web all the time and being like, what is Walmart selling this product for? What is Target selling this product for? What are like really random niche sites selling this for? And if they find someone selling it cheaper that's reputable, they will match that. Oh. Uh, because they want all the sales, right? Like they want all the money. Right. And so we can do two things. We can buy it from Amazon when it drops in price because it's great, like that's an arbitrage. And then we should always Google the product's name because we can find the site they're matching. And that is like 30% of my business is literally okay. like Googling a to a flips, finding the sale and then just sourcing the sale. And it saves me so much time because it's, it's like, I don't have to, it's not manual sourcing in the sense of like, Oh, let me go check this random site out. I didn't get a promo email. I am already guaranteed to find at least one thing cause I know they're having it. Right. And I just look for adjacent products. Um, and it opens me up to new new stores cause like I've never heard of some of these websites, they're price matching. But if Amazon's treating them as a competition, like I trust them. try to look at them as like, yeah, I trust, like, trust is a little bit higher as a base. And then you do your own research, but like yeah, sure. <laughs> you're a little confident in them. Yeah. Um, and then of course, like the last one is, you know, other sellers sometimes do make mistakes. I try, we, we try, this one is not as great because like I feel bad, right? Like I don't want to like take a heavy advantage of other sellers, like the repricer going, hey, why well, you are know, Shout yeah. out to people. Um, but like- i like sometimes you know if something is dropping in price and other people match it you're like listen i'm just gonna buy out the competition and i'll resell yeah. it at, at my higher because i know i can yeah. um, and if you funnel through those it's kind of like yeah you're just waiting and you click buy um, there's other ones we'll talk about them, but i also want to pause like it, it, i don't know if you guys do a2a i don't know if you have questions on those particular ones but
0: yeah so I've done anyway. I was not aware of the Prime line. You know, you can't use Prime. I was not aware of that. So I was guilty Copy. of doing that at one point. Caught me. Um, but uh, I'm curious. Uh, you know, are, are you then? What does that infrastructure look like on the back end? Are you um, are you leveraging? You know, the keep alerts. Um, are do you have hmm. like a SKU list? Like, what does that look like tactically?
1: So yeah, that's kind of like the next. Step right. So we talked about like the products that restock, that restock at retail that you can then buy and flip at above retail. um The next step to that is like, okay, great, you bought something. How do we know when we can buy it again? Like when Amazon restocks. So Keepa alerts is by far like the best free, quote unquote free because you're already paying for Keepa anyway. Version of that, like I highly recommend anyone do that. I think there's a five thousand product limit. It's either a two thousand or five thousand product limit where you can't like. Track more than a certain number. Um, and we used keep alerts for a long time, but it keep alerts are a little finicky because they only alert you like once or twice a day. Um they're a bit mm-hmm. delayed, so I don't know we, we kind of have a whole pocket on how Keepa actually works. But like you know, Keepa doesn't work, I think the way a lot of people think it does, and they don't catch a lot of things. Um, yep. When you look at a Keepa chart, you're only seeing like sixty five, maybe seventy percent of what's like actually happening on that listing. Um, and for that reason they don't always catch restocks. Um, and so we actually built our own tool that just catches restocks of those. Um and it checks the listing, a great escape scrapes the listing every 20 seconds. Uh, and so we were like actively beating Cuba by eight to ten minutes. Um, and so that is something that going back to like the buy box, like that's like one of the tools that we invested in, right? And to build that out. And so that's what I still use for my business. That's what the members get access to. Um, And there's no limit. Like we allow people to do unlimited products, that they want to add to that. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, do. I spend like an hour every like couple days. And part of my tactic is I want to go through and find all the ones I missed. Like we're on this call right now. Five things dropped in the last hour that I would have bought. I want to go find them retroactively and add them to my tracker. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my tracker is thousands of products deep now and it just dms me on discord when something restocks that's awesome uh and so i'm just building in like this funnel of like some days i don't actively source i just buy things when they, when they ping
0: that's i mean that that certainly is a model i was definitely in i've been in the flip groups that maybe don't have the same level of tool yours seems like it's really sophisticated um there's do, a t- yeah how do you manage the like the, like are you getting pings like every few minutes so what does that look like for you
1: yeah. So, I mean, there's tons of monitor systems out there. Um, what we try to do is was they're all unique to the user. So, like, if you guys join and got access, like, you would add things. It would only be you. Okay. No one else can see them. That's good. And I think that was really important because we didn't want, like, 500 other people to buy the lead that you found. Right. Uh, and so all, let's say I have 3,000 products. Those are just alerting me. You have 10,000 products that are just alerting you. Um, and so some days it's super heavy and some days it's pretty light but that's like why you do it routinely and add new products to it. So that you can just kind of get constantly alerted. Um, That being said, I, you know, we're not here to sell that, that exists, but keep it alerts for anyone listening, does it like it just, it's a little slower, but it doesn't mean that you can't make a lot of money doing it. And so I do think that if you're going through keep it deals or you're going through the process of finding these A2A flips, definitely add them to keep alerts. You'll still get notified. You very likely can still purchase those um and it's just like a nice way of, it's not passive obviously you have to do work but it's a nice like reactive way mm-hmm. to make a couple thousand bucks a month yep. by putting in like the work up front because right. you do all the like the assessment at the time of adding you're like all right i'm going to buy this and then when it pings you don't have to think you just click buy
0: yep oh, like- I, I think that like the first year of oa is just like running from you know spot to spot and then you learn why am i doing this how can i work a little bit smarter Rather than you know running from spot to spot, you know still leveraging the connections you have within the community if an opportunity comes up. Um, but I think that's a nice nice layer of sophistication that you you put in there.
2: I had a uh, question about just buying it. a because I'm actually curious <clears throat> what is the largest quantity that you've ever bought of one SKU, like right off just one purchase boom is it so, uh, Upper, upwards um,
1: of it's in the hundreds um so amazon maxes you out um usually at 999 um like you can't generally buy or not and some business accounts are just like eh, you can go but like 999 is usually the max amazon will more than often than not put some quantity limits but what we found is if you catch a restock within like a minute they don't actually set it yet like there's like this gap sometimes between the restock and the quantity limits um and so you can buy a hundred or something and then a minute later the most anyone else can buy is three And that's great because, like, you just kind of own that listing moving forward. Um, We've gone fairly deep. I would say it's probably 500, 600 of any one SKU in one order. Over time, though, I've purchased the same SKU thousands of times. There's a couple products that I will just always buy when they restock because I know that they're always going to, like, sell out. Um, And I think that's also, like, when we talk about scale, like, to me and when I try to express to others, like, most of the time, scaling from 25,000 to 50,000 to 100,000 isn't necessarily doing more work. It's just buying more product that you're already finding. It's like you bought 50 of them last time. Okay, great. Buy 300 next time. And like you're doing the same amount of effort. So that's been an evolution for me as an A to A. Like I would buy five would be super nervous and now I'm buying 50
0: (laughs) or maybe I'm buying 100. And uh, it's the same amount of effort on my end. Just more money. So one one other question that I had um, was you mentioned that sometimes uh, you'll buy from third-party sellers. Do you feel like there's any additional risk in doing so um i know that i have been guilty of being A Aid at one point i think max you remember that time but uh the repricer here wasn't wasn't working as i yeah. expected it to <laughs> but, yeah um, um how does how does that look
1: there's definitely more there's more overall risk but there's no like hey you're suddenly breaking tos risk mm-hmm. um i think you know if you're gonna buy from a third-party seller there's always rumor and and chatter of like oh amazon won't accept those invoices then or like oh section three um and that kind of thing we've we've successfully submitted third-party seller invoices and been fine um i will say obviously do your homework on the seller there's a ton of shady sellers out there unfortunately and either you don't get anything because you don't want to like have to deal with that mess or you get a fake product or you get a used product or it's just like um so you know i do tend to try to gravitate towards the you know, like the 6PMs of the world, like they're Amazon owned, but they're a third-party seller technically. And like the bigger third-party sellers or the FBA sellers that have a clear track record of being legit. Um, always, you know, if you use a prep center and you don't touch your product, like, so I use a prep center, I don't see any of my A2A product at all. Uh, if I do a third-party buy though, I always put in the notes and I always ask they like diligently, like extra check that product to make sure mm-hmm. it's real and new because, you know, there can be problems there, but everything checks out. Then it, it's on its way and it goes back in.
0: Okay.
2: You said thirty percent of your business was eight a, a something like that.
1: No, so thirty percent is tracking down a to a sales
2: from the post oh, yeah. jobs.
1: I would say they like sixty percent of business is A to a.
2: Oh, so you're really entrenched in this eight a to a, uh,
1: I am cool. heavy A to a I like, I I mean, and it's not just me. Like we've kind of built a little culture. Um, in, in the Buy box on A2A just because that's what I do so much of. And it's not the only thing we do, of course, but there's clearly like a passion there for it. And I am by far not the biggest. Like there are people spending like 80 to 100 grand a month on A2A. Wow.
2: Wow. Yeah, now, now that we're talking about it, I actually have like three SKUs in my head that I've sold hundreds of units of that Amazon price matches to the sales all the time and actually sells for well below retail. And I'm selling it at retail all the time. <laughs> so, go <laughs> i might spend a few a few grand on those uh I'm actually, that's actually crazy because i don't know why i haven't thought about that it's like one of my top skews um yeah that's awesome so yeah, was, this is what's great it's like you learn something new talking to people and this is what's so important about community as well just a little tangent on side note on that but you know i think new sellers they're so afraid to reach out to people and i guess kind of going back but you know we'll circle back here real quick when you first started on um social media and stuff how did that kind of what inspired you to kind of get into the online community versus kind of doing what you were doing before
1: are you gonna get me in my soapbox um i i mean honestly i'm i'm a pretty introverted guy um like i don't go out to like big meetups i don't generally go to the conventions although i think you know I, i'd like to go to some more um mainly what sparked it is because i was a bit of a lurker right like i had a twitter i've had a twitter for a long time um i followed the people i got kind of to how what's going on and i you know you sit on the sidelines long enough and you you can't you you're not allowed in my mind to complain about something if you're not doing anything about it like if i've number one so like i or judge like we all as humans judge mm-hmm. and it's like it's a bad you know it, it's annoying that we do it but like it's just kind of in our nature, and we try really hard to fight it. And some of us are better at that than others. Um, but like, if I'm watching a YouTube video, for example, and I'm like, "Oh man, that's a that's a weird place to put his camera." Or like, "Oh, this guy's stuttering," and like, <laughs> "Oh, that's like it feels unprofessional." I've never made a YouTube video, so like, what the heck am I doing judging this guy? Like, putting himself out there. I've never done that. And I think the same thing was about Twitter. It's like I'm seeing people post. I'm like, oh, "This is kind of misinformation," or like, mm-hmm. "You're selling someone a dream that's not really how it's going to work out." Or whatever and i was like i can't sit here and and make these thoughts or have these thoughts if i'm not then part of the game and if i you know ultimately i want to be just a voice in that seat but i want to be a voice maybe for the other side maybe a little more realistic maybe a little bit more like here's a fundamental like how to also by the way like not everyone's going to do a million dollars and that's okay um it's okay to just make 300 bucks a month and like pay your car like that's like perfectly acceptable to do on amazon and you're a success if you do that like if you can be a profitable at the end of the year on Amazon, you are in the minority. <laughs> <laughs> um, and So I like, that's really what it came down to. It's like, I just, I can't think these thoughts and then not be a part of it because that's not fair to me. And it's not fair to them. Um, you know, I, who am I to judge if I've never tried? Yeah. Uh, and so I just wanted to go out there and, and say my piece. Uh, you know, Chris Grant, you know, bless him. He was a big part of that. Right. Like he, he pushed me um, to be more vocal. Uh, and I, it's, you know, it's kind of surpassed, honestly, my, my thoughts of what it would be. Like, I, I'm really, I really enjoy it. Um, I have, you know, I have dreams now that are focused mainly like on social media. I didn't have before because like, I want that to continue to grow. I really just, I enjoy the community. I I get to talk like, I don't think we would not be here if, if I, if I wasn't on Twitter. So, um, there are some amazing, amazing people that don't tweet. Uh, I wish they did. Because, like, I just think there needs to be more voices that are yeah. being a little more realistic and, like, kind of in the trenches. And um, this is where my rant goes in. It's, like, we talked about the young kids before. And we say young kids. But, like, the the teenagers or, like, the early 20s. And I think they are wonderful. And they are the future. Like, every time that happens, like, they are the future of this community. And that's amazing. What frustrates me, though, is when a 20-year-old person tells a 40-year-old person that they should quit their job and chat scale. Because like
0: (laughs) you have no idea what's going on.
1: (laughs) Like you are not 40, my man. And like there is a level of responsibility that that person has that you cannot dream of yet. Like they have kids, they have a wife, they have a house. Like there is just like a disconnect between what you're saying. Um, and I've seen conversations where someone's like, No, like I can't leave my job, and they're like, Oh, you don't want it bad enough then. Right? Like, and I'm like, This this can't happen. And if it does happen, like I need to like be there to like try to help because i don't want that 40 year old to be discouraged of trying because they're like well if i'm not going to do a million dollars then i should just quit because this kid told me that um go and so and that's that's, that's yeah like that's the philosophy i bring i try to bring to the platform every day it's like gotta have little wins man you just gotta be excited and happy for like any stage that you want to go to Um uh, so it's a long answer but like that's yeah. that's kind of why I, and i i plan to do like youtube is kind of on my list in 2024 as well
0: yeah well, I think having those even-handed conversations, and like, you know, when you have the young buck that's like, you know, really doing well and, and selling a lot, like they've got one thing on their mind twenty-four-seven. Whereas as you go twenty years down the line, you got all, you're going to collect responsibilities. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they really do add up. <laughs> um, one thing that it it kind of inspired me as you were talking about, you know, uh, thinking about what other people are saying. Uh, one thing I really like is that occasionally there will be a really like productive comment in a thread or say, Hey, you missed this. This is like this other piece of information you should be aware of. That's what I love about like Twitter. So if something's like directionally accurate and then somebody adds a little bit, that Mm -hmm. is, I think that's the secret sauce to the community. I saw a couple, I think you were on that thread today where he was like, Hey, go use this PDF website. That's really a great website. Like I really like. like I had no idea that existed. So that, oh, that, yeah. that's, that's
1: really cool. Yeah. We're, we're a big fan of small PDF. Shout out to them if you haven't tried them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've been struggling, you know, use, trying to use the free versions of Acrobat. <laughs> it doesn't work. Oh, um, yeah.
1: it's, it's all the rage.
2: Yeah.
0: I think community is uh,
2: huge. And what's so cool about Twitter is, you know, for the most part, it's pretty uh, pretty positive, but, you know, not always. So I guess you don't always have control of what people's going to say, but that's a beautiful, beautiful thing as well. Um, but I guess what you do have control over is your own community. Um, which you've kind of been building yourself. So I guess I kind of wanted to go into that. If you're cool with that, talk a little bit about BuyBox.io and just kind of, you know, like how has that experience been, building your own community and kind of like being able to, you know, mold and create the type of atmosphere that you would oh. like to see most. Oh, man, molding and creating.
1: <laughs> uh, put me on a pedestal. Um, no, I mean, it's – say they give me just as much as I give them um you know it's it's 4 years now uh i don't think i'd be I, I know for a fact i wouldn't be the seller i am without them and what's really cool like we have nine staff members in there and eight out of nine started with us as brand new sellers um and so you know it's to see someone go from what is amazon to hitting whatever revenue goal they have for themselves two of them went you know went full time when it, when the time was right for them um it I, I almost get more pleasure and like more satisfaction out of like them being successful than my own business. Like my business is fine. That's great. Like I want to like yeah. crush things, but like seeing someone else, like do the thing they set out to, to do and you being a part of that journey for them Absolutely. is like a high that you like never get tired of.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so yeah, like being able to do that day in and day out, like I, I was, you know, when you first start anything, you, you worry that it's going to feel like a job at some point, you know, like, You never want to start something that feels fun and then like eventually be like this is grueling um you know even answering the same support ticket uh a million times now over four years like it doesn't really get to me like i just still you know as long as the other person on the end of that is like genuinely looking for help it's worth it um you know we're fortunate to do like about 15 to 20 hours of one-on-ones a week right so we include one-on-ones entirely uh, free with with membership and that's not a plug that's just like to give you an idea and so like we do zoom calls and they like anywhere from like 30 to 60 minutes of just like talking about whatever um and a lot of the people in our community because it makes sense are older like a lot of them are like parents or like we even have some grandparents in there and that's amazing like i love that to like hear their journey, of, like why they did Amazon. And then like get into the nitty gritty of like how to help them do whatever it is they want to do. Um, and, you know, transparent, like when you're doing one-on-ones or you're doing that, you, you can also feel more comfortable giving away. They, we call it sauce or whatever. Like yeah. you're more comfortable sharing, like more of the details or secrets about your business <laughs> um, yeah. uh, because you just like want to see them be so successful, yep. uh, successful. Um, so it's, it's a good question i think it's changed over the years and i don't know what it's gonna what it's gonna be but I, I would like i would like support and that to be a part of as long as i'm a seller i'd like to be doing that i i don't think i could do that if I wasn't a seller because amazon changes so much and like i wouldn't be as of help to them if i didn't know what was actively going on um and yeah i you know we welcome everyone and anyone of any age uh, but we we don't market <laughs> like i'm not marketing aggressively to the 18 year old like i think we we have a lot of the younger kid like younger people in there uh, but it's just like we're really a, like ideally it's like a place for if you want to make 500 dollars a month and that's going to like change your life because it will yeah like we want to help you on that journey um and i want to build some cool tools in the process like, i just want to build software man like i just i love building tech okay and nice. it allows us to do that
0: awesome yeah i mean i think that like if you go in with the goal of it just doing the car payment, you're not going to be yeah. disappointed because then you're you're going to be going about things very pragmatically. You're going to understand your numbers. You, you can understand them on a small scale. And then if you want to grow up more, you can also do that. I, I mean, I think that's a good way to start. Is just you know, a $10 point. a
1: day is life changing money. It doesn't sure. sound like it, but, but yeah. like people, I even get people that are like, ah, oh, I went to Marshall's, I found four things they are like, it's like $7 profit each. Like this isn't worth my time. Like it'll come do, do that once a day. It's $1,000, yeah. which
0: is crazy. I mean, like,
1: I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I mean, I today right now sitting here, I would like a $1,000 more a month. Like, yeah. I don't know who doesn't want that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, like the, those little things, they add up so fast. And I think it's just you got to open people's eyes to that, you know, yeah. even $5, you know, three times a day, you know, is almost $500 a month. And like, that's about it's like what I get up my food bill for the month or, you know, my it, it more than covers my car. So it's it's crazy what people will, will not do. Um, just because it feels small
0: yep a hundred percent i think um that's why we still do is like it's like 40 to 80 bucks a day and it's not a ton of work it's responding to some messages and that's it we still do it it still brings in money um right now it's not very fun with the weather but um (laughs) you know (laughs) we're still doing it everything is going to add up over time um totally um, I,
1: I mean i have i mean i know we're like we're, we're in this now we're an hour in here and i, I don't want to uh keep you all too late but like i do have some questions for you they're very similar ones you asked me if that's okay yeah. uh, because you know you talked about building community and you talked about you know my role on social media and obviously like i met you guys because of social media and so like i would kind of just want to knock that question back to you like i don't get the opportunity a whole lot to ask people why they're on twitter like that's really not something that I should more, but it's not really something that comes across my mind. Um, I mean, what is your, and this is about both of you, like, what is it that you want to do on your platform? Because you're both platform, you're both community leaders. Like, what do you, like, what responsibility do you feel with that? Like, what do you want to achieve with that? What do you hope people take away when they come across your page?
0: Yeah. Um, so I think I'm not going to speak for Max, but I would, they're probably pretty aligned just because we've, we've meshed for so long Um, similar goals yeah I think that uh, you know it started I think this it started selfishly in that was looking for people to grow with and then it kind of evolved over the last like you whatever seven months Um, and as I kind of found my voice and you know where I fit into the community um, you know really trying to approach it with like a positive mindset and like keep the discourse relatively civil. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, really, I personally, I just enjoy the fact that everybody's trying to do something. I don't care what it is. It could be drop shipping. It could be whatever it is. People are actively trying to improve. So I really like that part of the community and being a part of that. And then trying to, um, you know, lift the folks that are just starting and letting them know that it's okay that they're just starting because, everybody on Twitter starts with zero followers and it feels lonely when you join and you're looking to do something. Um, So I enjoy like, Hey, you know what? Like, here's this community. Um, You know, just dive in, just be yourself. If you approach everybody with like some level of kindness and respect, it's going to work out. Like you will find the people that you're meant to, you know, enjoy and, you know, potentially grow businesses with, share ideas with. So that's, that's kind of what I, how i approach it and um i also see all of the value that the folks that were on twitter before i was gave me and if i can then share that perspective back on just simple things that make my life easier then it's it's a win-win for everybody what about you max yeah pretty much similar i'll uh, i'll actually give
2: people some uh some some sauce if you will (laughs) i think when you first start it's like pretty daunting and you're like man i don't know what to tweet right now um especially if you're a new seller you can scroll back on my twitter i had some crazy videos (laughs) going on i uh i i i'm pretty transparent i don't know i never really cared to be super oh i can't really show this i don't like i'm very open and honest about stuff and i think uh you know i've been less active on twitter that's gonna change shortly here but um when i first started i literally just documented everything yeah i think other people kind of related to that and um it's just you know i think when you first start you start tweeting you're not really sure what to tweet and it almost feels like you're just tweeting out into nothingness and no one really cares they're just like you know i don't even know and then as you start to build momentum and build gravity you start to define what sort of things that you like tweeting and when just how to connect with people. And you kind of just find your footing on the path that you want to go to and see where you want to go, but you kind of just have to start, you know, and just document everything in the beginning. I think everyone should be doing it. Um, I don't have anyone that, I you know, know before Twitter that does Amazon. So for me, it was also like survival. Like I I'm so, i was so obsessed with this thing and I really wanted to make it work, but I knew that I needed a community. I did not want to do it by myself. Yeah. You know, sourcing 10 hours a day can be very demoralizing, <laughs> when you're first starting, um, and I think if you have a community of people around you going through that same struggle and they're learning with you, it makes everything more enjoyable. Um, and yeah, I'm just really big on the overall aspect of community in a general sense, not just Amazon. And I think whatever you're passionate about, whether it's Pokemon cards or flipping shoes or I don't know what, whatever diamonds, whatever, I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> you want to play, uh, whatever games in the park, just find a community. And what is so cool the internet is there's a community for everything. And I'm sure you can definitely find something like that. And yeah, just kind of insert yourself slowly and kind of watch what other people are doing and see how everything goes and kinda be respectful and just kind of, you know, be who you want to be. And I think that's uh that's the great thing about Twitter is you can kind of just do that. And so that's kind of what I did. Kind of spiraled out from there a little bit more and now it's more Amazon focused. But I kinda started out completely random and all sorts <laughs> of stuff and then I kinda Trimmed it down a little bit. I mean, I
1: uh, I remember the car rants.
0: <laughs> he <laughs> <We> was watching.
2: <laughs> Dude, I had to hype myself up so much in the beginning. And I'll, I'll talk about this. I'll be open about this. I think some, a lot of people won't be open about this, but I will. Dude, when you first start on Amazon, it is <gasps> if you want to take it from zero to one hundred very quickly, just be aware that the stress that you are going to put yourself through is immense. It is much more stressful. Yeah. Going from zero to hundred really quick, it's like whiplash, same thing versus a slow drive. I kind of recommend people probably do the slower approach. Um, you know, I think it's more sustainable and stuff like that. But you know, if you have to get somewhere, you got to go somewhere, it's fine, it is what it is. There's multiple ways you can attack this thing, but yeah, it, it, it was. I had to hype myself
0: up every Yo, single morning, so part 100%. of those car rants in the beginning were just, <laughs> <laughs> just beer drop it was. It it was, was totally yes. – it was totally like a, an accountability tool. Yeah. It was like if I post on Twitter every day, it's a W for the day because I don't like talking on camera. I am uncomfortable doing it. So if yeah. I'm actively doing that every day, it's a win. And I'll probably, at the very beginning, I'll probably go source something that doesn't sell very well in reality. Like that's probably what I'll do, but I'll, I'll be happy with it. So yeah. that, that's the origin well, story. That's awesome.
1: No, I think they're both coming from a really good place. And I don't know if there's like a a, list. There's probably some wrong places, but I I think it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's loneliness. Right. And it's wanting to talk about the real things as they're happening. Uh Um, and I, I see, I mean, I do, I see a lot of that and I uh, respect it immensely. Um, and it's cool. It's, it's really nice that I don't think growth is a reward per se, but I think it's really nice that the community has responded so kindly to you guys putting yourselves out there in that way. Um, And <laughs> oh, there's hesitation in that smile. <laughs> I'm
2: just thinking back at some of the <laughs> crazy rats. <laughs> those, uh, those
0: stressful days when you didn't really know how to navigate everything. Yeah, I'm also. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't know.
2: I like. I'm a very comedic person. So. Um, yeah,
0: a lot of it's tongue in cheek. A lot of. I'm very
2: sarcastic person. Some people can't even tell. I'm so sarcastic. Some people actually think I'm serious when I'm being sarcastic because they they just can't tell because I'm so that
1: deadpan, huh?
2: Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's no, interesting.
1: So, <laughs> I think it's always, it's just helpful to hear, you know, from any seller, I, you know, it's funny, I, I also think, I think you can grab, not to speak down to any of us, but I, I think you can grab like any three sellers and they'll have a unique story that's worth listening to, right? Like, I think yeah. it's, like, that's just really cool. Uh, I wish more people would share, like, remember, what, I wish more people would share like their origin, like why they did it. I also wish more people would share what they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. um because it makes it real and like helps people like kind of hold you accountable to that um but it's you know that is the there's amusings of social media sometimes you only show like the best part of the day oh that's constant that can be uh that can be really tough um yeah i mean i'm looking kind of you know we had some show notes on the side uh, for anyone listening to this if if we're not cutting which is fine um you know one thing i didn't touch on which i i do want to talk about a little bit is like the the local optima thing i wrote and i don't know if you always like said so i wrote it in the notes so like local optima is a it's a theory in calculus right which like allows you to uh use some really cool math to find like the highest point in any like particular region right mm-hmm. so it's like a big big square like what is the highest point in the square and it's 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 fun stuff if you like calculus but like to take it to like a real world um it's a very real thing that a lot of people do and and we talked about like very aggressively going from zero to 100 and that's what made me think of it it's like imagine like you're in the sahara desert and you look around it's just like flat everywhere and then the mountain, like in the far away you see this mountain and like so to you where you're standing that mountain is like valhalla right like that is like the top of the earth and so you spend a ton of time and energy you get to the top of the mountain and then the other side of the mountain there's a taller mountain <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and so we get so hyper focused on the first mountain as like our our peak our goal like that is it like we've made it that you know there's always something bigger Yep. and i i think it's like a good it's a good reminder at least to me and any anyone listening you know we have these number one it's it's okay to set your sights really really high like it's you you know shoot shoot for as high as you want to be um have intermittent goals, like have things in between there and now, but understand like whatever you think is like that peak, whatever is like in your sandbox, you are in a vacuum. You know, there is always going to be something there that's, that's on the other side. Uh, and I don't know, it's in business in all the businesses I do, it's so easy to get hyper-focused on one thing and like die on that hill yep. that you miss the, the second mountain entirely. And yeah. the second mountain is actually, potentially like easier to climb or like the more profitable mountain or whatever it is and so you know i I kind of like my second point there was like relying too heavily on loops and that's like kind of a separate matter but i I do think it's important like sometimes i see people spend 10 hours to get like one order in on this one site because oh my god the roi is amazing like i have to buy this thing because it's like crazy and i found a loop and it's like oh and I, i you spend so much effort and energy doing that and that is your mountain man like that is like you, right. you are so focused. And if you spent that same energy doing like maybe a more boring other thing, you arguably could have actually come out ahead on like the other side. Yeah. And so I just I I do worry and I want people to like not not get too focused that there's only one way to be successful, not get too focused is only one thing to do at a time. Uh because there is like so many other ways to navigate and there's so many other things to tackle. Um and what feels really big is not necessarily big. Um you know, there are other, there are other ways to be successful outside of this one tactic that you've heard about or
0: learned or whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah. There's
1: a long-winded way of saying that, but
0: well, it's, it's funny you say that because I think that's not the first time we've heard that since like the end of December, we've heard that quite a bit. Um, you know, just within our, uh, you know, core like mastermind group, I've heard Mm -hmm. that probably five times coming from five different directions of, okay, we, we did a, a cool thing. Now there's more opportunity. What's the second, you know, what's the second and the third, you know, crank of this thing? So I I, I think that, um, just keep that in mind if you're listening, is that you are probably dialed in on this one thing, get good at it, but don't kind of miss, uh, miss everything else that's out there as you go. Yeah, I think it gets tough when you have the horse blinders on and you're just so
2: focused. You tend to kind of, you know, it's like... After Q4, for instance, for me, for sure, I kind of like slowed down a little bit and took the time to look around and I was just like, whoa, I zoomed out for a second. I just saw so much stuff going on that I had been neglecting because I was so focused on just one thing, which is great. And I think some people definitely could also use that focus because I think some people never get to that like super honed in flow state um, for elongated periods of time. And I think that's super valuable, too. You know focusing on one goal at a time and being hyper focused like it's really just about balance I think when it comes to that. like yeah it's it's great but if you start to do that and you don't ever leave that one point you're you're gonna neglect a lot of opportunity outside of that so I think it's good to have like periodical step backs I don't, periodical is that a word uh, periodic step backs <laughs> and kind of look at the big picture along the way and then learn to go yep. back in and back out which is honestly a skill set in its own. I have a, a hard time balancing that. I'm pretty like, Being. Um and sometimes it's tough you lose. You like, lose
1: the forest and the trees, right? That's yeah, what they say. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. Really- See, that's what that's what Stephen does really well. Is he'll sprint for three months and then he'll take. I two-
1: I watched that months. interview and I was like, this guy does what? Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, he fl- flies to what? spends like whatever. Oh. I, I I do love that. I actually told someone about that after I watched that. I was like, oh, like this. So I I think that he, I think there's there's something there's other things to unpack in there yeah. but i i think though like the idea like we were talking about um like feeling guilty right like we were talking about earlier about like how do you turn it off like steven has figured that out right like yeah. he can go spend a bunch of money and then turn it off for three weeks and yeah. i think that is a remarkable skill that yeah. I which more people had.
0: oh yeah and so he'll come back like he'll get really hyper focused for a short period of time you know three months and then like right now he's just in florida and he's like the calls i get are totally random he's just spitballing <laughs> thinking of all of these new opportunities mm-hmm. and so it's it's really cool to watch him you know just go at it um yeah he's he's one of the funniest kids i think i've met um i i, I love watching him work but it's uh you know he's unique I, th- I think everyone kind of finds their own
2: little lane within amazon and how they like to do their certain systems and oh, I like to kind of do it this way. And I kind of like to do it that. And oh, I kind of prefer doing this. And I think, you know, you have to definitely play to your strengths, see what you're good at, see what you like doing, and kind of just double down on that and maybe hire out. I guess when you're first starting to hire, definitely hire out your weaknesses. But, um, you know, and things that you don't like doing, I guess, and then kind of go from there. But definitely do not neglect. If you're really good at one thing, don't Look at it as an imbalance. But, you know, you should probably be well-rounded in all areas, and at least have an understanding of all areas. But double down on when you're good at, and you know, find someone else who's good at that, and figure out a way to you know pay them to do the things that you aren't good at.
0: So, uh, yeah, 100%. I agree. That's um, the value of networking too. Yeah. yeah. No, it exposes what you're not the best at, because someone's going to be better at it, and then you're like, and you oh, get the help like, that you talking? need
1: in that avenue. Like, you know, Max, like you're going to go crush an A2A after this. And I bet you that, like, if if, you know, if you wanted and you reached out, we we stocked for like 30, 60 minutes. I bet you we could get you to crush even more. Like, that might be a blind spot for you right now. I don't think it will be forever. I think you're going to get very good at it if you want to, but you can lean on my ears of doing it and shortcut your way to that if you wanted. So, like, I think that's the beauty of like knowing people.
2: Yeah. Oh, don't say that, man. I I like to chat. So. Don't give me the uh, open invitation. Uh-oh.
1: It's always always open, man. I for, like, I think that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, as you grow on Twitter, it's like for some reason people feel like less comfortable reaching out to you. True. But I've had people in my DMs. I mean, I'm about to get sworn potentially. But, like, I've had yeah. people in my DMs um, ask me for an A-to-A question. All I care about is that you have shown some, like, you've done something little effort. to, like, ask a question beyond, like, how yeah and more about like like hey can you explain this one strategy to me or like i tried doing this and i failed or i didn't understand it like what would you have done here like those are like much more interesting to answer so i one guy reached out to me like pretty like decent following like um never talked to him i like he is wonderful like i enjoy his presence now and we we spoke for three hours like he dm me on twitter jumped on zoom three hours later and now really? he's in my like Discord DMs nice. and like, we chat. Um, and so it's because like, yeah, he clearly like put effort into like trying it first and then we talked and yep. uh, I, yeah, pretty open to doing those things. It's just,
0: yeah. I'm the same way. Out there. I'm the same way. Like if you just show minimal effort, like just, you gotta, you gotta just, you gotta Google it once. Like I don't, I'm not, not a huge fan of like, how do I get ungated. gated? There's tons of YouTube videos there. If there's a nuanced question about it, because you've tried, that's a little different. I mean, I no. The effort is, is respectable.
2: Yeah. I have the perfect analogy for this. If you see someone on the side of the road and their car is broken down and they're just sitting in their car on their phone with the hood up and whatever, like no one's going to help you. If you see a guy in a snowstorm pushing his car across the side of the road. And you know, he's you can see visibly see he's struggling. He's got a T-shirt on, but he's out there putting in work trying to make his situation better. Dude, ten times out of ten, I'm going to stop and see if I can help him. But no one wants to help the person who's just sitting there on their phone with you the know, hood up on the side of the road, not helping themselves. It's just, it's just something in human nature. It's like, I don't really know how to explain. It. It's just a natural phenomenon that um, I'm a genius and I've coined. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and and like. It's like a real two-step thing. It's like Google it. If it's right there on page one, perfect. You saved yourself time, a, and then b, you know, if it's not, put in a little effort, and then you know, go ask someone and do that. And it just it makes it a lot better when you just put in a little effort, you know. percent yeah. so
1: yeah. and that that goes like to a, like a community. I think that is the way you do that. Like reach out to someone. It doesn't really matter who. And if, if if they've shown at least ideally someone who's shown some level of like interest in that topic, they talk about it, tweet about it, whatever. And you reach out and you ask them a thoughtful question. Um, good chance they reply. And I so Max, I'll be like very, very upfront about your book suggestion, right? So like <laughs> when I ask people, no, like when I ask people for book suggestions, Right, like I'll so Max. Uh, it came out like because there was a tweet, there was a thread, and then I kind of replied to it, replied back and forth, and then there was like it kind of moved to the DMs, and I had never talked to Max before, although I've seen Max a bunch of times on Twitter, um, like never had an engaging conversation. And Max took the time to DM me three books. I think it was three books that it you liked, perfect. and you specifically said, "Hey, like this is my favorite one." So I bought that book and I started reading or listening to it, and I did that it honestly wouldn't have mattered what book you said because to me like i wanted to show you that i cared enough about your attention that you gave me that i'm gonna go do that thing and then i'm gonna reply to you and be like hey this was interesting this part or i like this part because like the best way to create a relationship is by like taking someone what they said and trying it and then coming back to them and be like hey i tried what you said yeah here's what i learned um and you're more likely than not to like get other you're gonna keep then feeding you information or like wanting to have a relationship with you uh i think you give before you ask um and you know it doesn't matter like you gotta put your ego to the side like it doesn't matter who it is uh you can learn from anyone um and so that that's kind of like that wasn't the perfect kind of uh experience that like we literally just went through so i'm on chapter five uh max i think the book i think the book is interesting for sure i, I think that there's like it's an acquired taste
2: <laughs> um, i'm a i'm a very uh unique individual
1: so. <laughs> I, I like i like the principles of it um i was really like i was showing you I, I think it's a little alpha uh like his like specific examples he gives oh, yeah. but i think like the principles right. of it are good like the business plan like the living documents and kind of like the emotion and the logic and like getting yep. into it i think that's really cool and that's really helpful um but it, you know, it's probably not a book I would have bought on my own. But that's also right. the beauty of it. It's like, you know, when someone gives you a recommendation, sometimes you just got to buy it and say, "Okay, like I trust that human. Yep. I'm gonna try it. What do I have to lose? Like twelve bucks, right? I love it. But I'm going to create a relationship with them. So like, you know, obviously we have this podcast now. But I bet you, if we didn't do this podcast, if I had Max sent right. your DM and I was like, "Hey, I read this book and here's what I thought," and you would have replied to me, we probably could have gotten a call because you would have wanted to like interact, or because you like wow this guy actually like you know, followed through
2: yeah you show <laughs> effort into actually wanting to connect with that person on a yeah. more than superficial level and in today's world that's priceless so
0: yeah it really is it really is
2: but yeah i have i actually have done that before too i was in the grocery store saw someone picking out a bottle of wine. I said, "I'll try that," and it was one of the worst wines I've ever had.
1: So. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you ruining <laughs> our, uh, our beautiful moment for? <laughs> no, I'm
2: just
0: kidding. But uh, it, no,
2: that's a great take, though.
0: Yeah, it's good to it's good to get out of your like comfort zone a little bit and try something that you never would have tried yourself because you might like it, you might enjoy it, or you, or you might hate it, like Max's bottle of wine. Um, but awesome! I think this has been. A, one of our best episodes I, you know so i really um appreciate you coming on is there anything that you wanted to leave the folks with where can people find you at um give well,
1: you i mean I, th- I think we talked some really great stuff we kind of went through like you know i, I think we did we have kind of minimal A to A stuff which is great like i you know happy to talk as little or as little or a lot um of that as needed hopefully people felt like beyond just like how do i make money there was content here that they wanted to like sink their teeth into and think about um on like a like a higher level uh and maybe how they look at their business and how they like look at other people um as as people uh, again we're all humans like i was like i often will you'll off if you talk to me enough and hopefully you guys get a chance to do that and i get a chance to talk to you you're like i hear i say the phrase like human to human quite a bit like when i'm about to say something that's maybe like a little uh, fragile or um, maybe isn't like normal. Like you don't normally like get into like your feelings as as people don't. Like I'm just like like human to human. Here's what I think because we at the end of the day we're all human, um, and I think it's really like I just want people to recognize that um, and treat themselves as a as a human being that has needs and like physical and emotional and then like other people too, um, and yeah. We of course at the end of the day we like the three of you just want all all of you to be successful. Right. Like I think that's been pretty clear. Like we we just want you to do what's like the best for you and want you to make decisions that are informed and to have put a little thought behind your actions and to ask for help when you need it and to know you're not alone. Um, And if you do those things, like, I think you'll be okay. Uh, And be, be kind to yourself. Like sometimes there are things out of your control that happen and that's okay too, Yeah. Uh, but you're trying and like
2: there's value in that. Is it alright if we call you Uncle Saul? It feels like this is a uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uncle. So I, I, Pete's dad, right? Is that what I understand? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been calling the the dad of our group chat. Uh, yeah, from the youngster. Yeah,
1: you can call me whatever you like. Uncle um, Saul has uncle a ring. Saul Saul right? works. <laughs> I'm an uncle, so I'll I'll take no, it. Nice, nice. nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if people want to find any of us, I think obviously they're watching all of our Twitter or on the screen. Uh, Pete flips, Saul stops, Max and Max at the um, but I think it's probably where we all hang out the most. At least it's where I hang out the most. Yeah. Uh, I haven't t- cracked into Instagram or YouTube yet. I don't it's know. Another it's another animal.
0: It's another
1: animal. I like the words more the pictures. Yeah. 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 You could certainly, you can certainly DM me. I'm sure they can DM these guys. Yep. As well, uh, you know, if you have questions, not only just like on a drummer level, of course, like there's, as we talked, like tools and content and stuff that I have out there that you can always ask about too, but uh, by no means does anyone owe me any money. Like you all, like there is so much free content in the world uh, that I want you to absorb and take. Um, that you know we just put out, we put out some paid stuff because like we want to keep building cool stuff and it takes money to do that. And so that's why we have those things. And if you want to check them out, that's great. If you want to ask me questions about it, that's great. But if you don't, it will not hurt my feelings <laughs> um, at all. <laughs> like by no means. Yeah. so but well, that's awesome. that's me.
0: Awesome. Well, Saul, um, you know, check out uh, at Saul Cell Stuff. Definitely worth the follow. Um, and appreciate everybody that listened. This was probably one of our better episodes, um, certainly our longest, which is, I'm <laughs> The conversation was good throughout. So we have hit yeah. a new record. Um, and I'm very happy that everybody got to this point. And we will check you out next time. Yeah, and they you
1: want them to like it and subscribe and leave a comment. Yeah,
0: they can like and subscribe. Yeah, yeah,
1: we want we want to hear the thoughts though. Like, you know, I wanna I wanna know. I don't know what they think. What they humans comment, out
0: there.
2: Subscribe. DM me if you want my book list. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: maybe, everybody.
1: Maybe I'll come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Until next time. See ya.